Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm my chip ups, man. I got this shit. Welcome back to the Ankle Pick Pod. Third time you're hearing our beautiful voices this week alone. But this is going to be the last time this week as we have the finale, the creme de la creme, the cherry on top, the Poirier v. The, the Irishman, Conor McGregor's back. Surprise, surprise. The legend's back. We got a full panel here today. We got Kobe, Danny, and Parker. Feel free to chime in, boys, before I make more of an ass of myself. What's up? I'm so excited for this week. You have no idea. Like, Co- literally, Park- I'm trying to be calm right now. Parker's a, poor, or Parker's a McGregor super fan. <laughs> Even though he and- torched us against Khabib. <laughs> and I don't want to bury the lead. We are recording the night of this Wednesday morning card, and it wasn't very good for the podcast as a whole. And I would like to take this moment to apologize to absolutely fucking nobody. It's Conor McGregor week. <laughs> and I'm yeah, just happy I, to be here. <laughs> yeah, Kobe's Col- fine. We, we've been uh, at it for a while now, but we just finally hit record. So we're ready to get into this. So we're going to do three stars of the week as you're used to. We are going to have some honorable mentions this week because this Wednesday morning card, this early morning uh, little ripper, the little little yearmy of the day for the morning card not bad it wasn't a bad card altogether it was slow a lot of full fights but so let's start off with the honorable mentions so the started first, hot the first, it did it, yeah it started hot and, and there was a couple nice knockouts in the card too but let's start with the first honorable mention and i'm gonna skip ahead because i think it's the one not skip ahead but first honorable mention the lightweight bout mike davis versus mason jones the I'm bringing this to the discussion, but I do really want to hear Dan's opinion because he was Mr. Mason Jones gas up and, and, and it's, it's rightfully so he's a hell of a fighter and as tough as they come, but I don't necessarily think that was the outcome we were all expecting. Oh, and one more thing. I would have been fine if it was 29, 28 Mason Jones. I do want to say that. I mean, I'm fine with it being Mike Davis too. And I think Mike Davis won the fight. But if they gave it to Mason, uh, Mason Jones for pushing the pressure and volume, I wouldn't have been upset by that. Just thought I'd add that. Yeah, no, I agree. Like you said, um, Mason Jones threw more punches. I think the official stats, he landed more punches. I definitely gave the power advantage to Mike, though, and the judges definitely reflected that. Um, speed, too. The speed, power yeah, for speed. sure. You could see it from miles away. Like, in the first round, I texted the pod group chat, and I was just like, this is not going to end well for Mason Jones if he keeps his standing. Because Dan was going on on about his judo pra- uh, ju- judo background, which is fair. I mean, he's a black belt in judo. He's a monster. And he's that a was, BJJ black belt too, I believe. Exactly. That was the one thing that not, – not so much disappointing because this was an unbelievable fight, so much fun. Yeah, uh, Mike – Mason Jones showed a lot of heart. He showed a lot of great striking against a tough fucking striker. I would have loved to see his jiu-jitsu or his judo. He's got uh-huh. that in his back pocket. Why not mix it up a little bit, maybe throw a takedown in, just – kind of throw things up, make Mike think about something else, maybe steal a couple 30 seconds of ground control and maybe steal around. Yeah. And um, similar to, like we said, we were talking earlier, uh, Dan and I were, we were saying that there's a tough fight for Michael Chandler because no one wants to face their first fight against Dan. That's a tough first fight in a weird way. I feel the same way about Mike Davis from Mason Jones. That's a tough first draw. I mean, all the other guys making their USC debuts, minus 300, minus 400, minus 500. He was the dog coming in. So, great fight all around. I think it's well-deserving of honorable mention. And, and most cards probably would be a star. Um, another honorable mention, and this one's at, at DKMMA, if he wants to drop it, Amaria Akhmedov. Redemption time for the, for the uh, Dagestani. Yeah, it was redemption time for my guy. This one went exactly how I thought. It was just a terrible matchup for Tom Breeze. I knew he'd spend the entire time on his butt, and that's what happened. I mean, Omari almost finished in the first 20 seconds, but in it, early in the second round, he got that triangle choke, and it was awesome. Yeah, Definitely I, I, I stuff. Lie. 
I laid off that one. I was going to throw a little enter- entertainment year me of the day out there. And I laid off because uh, Danny of your, of your breakdown. I was impressed by that, especially because he looked so terrible against Chris Weidman. So I was like, you know, I mean, Tom Breeze isn't anyone to write home about, but he, he, I mean, he's been there. He's a vet of the game. Uh, Cobes, any notes or anything? Or you just had, you're still just happy to be here. You're just cheesing over there. No, I, I really enjoyed the Mason Jones fight. I'm pretty excited to bet him whenever his next fight comes up. And uh, Amari, I've got a fight too. I mean, Danny called it right on the head, but it was almost over in the first 20 seconds. And then I kind of pulled it off. I have a feeling you're going to need to play, pay a steep penny on the next Mason Jones fight. Might I, have I, to, but yeah, we'll see who his opponent is. We'll see. They'll groom him. He's a tough guy. And I know they also mentioned the broadcast. His uh, girlfriend or wife is a Taekwondo black belt. And so they were critiquing, she was over there, they were saying the wife's critiquing some of his kicks when he would throw like a, a spinning wheel kick or something and miss. They're just like, the wife ain't happy about that one. Um, and then we have one more honorable mention and it's Ricky Simone. Is that who we were going with? Definitely. I mean, yeah. he put on an absolute wrestling clinic. This was vintage Absolutely. Ricky Simone. And uh, honestly, this was- he would be a star for me if he wasn't, if it wasn't more, it was kind of expected in my opinion. Maybe not the finish. Um, I know I took the under right before the fight started, but definitely a mauling. I mean, he was minus 450. I think he was holding together almost all of our parlays as a unit. Um, so it was expected. So that's why I think he got bumped down to the honorable mention, but Ricky Simone clinic. Yeah, definitely. Vintage. Vintage. Uh, third star, Dan, take it off. I, I, you got the third star. Or so our third star. star. Wait, third star, third star. Our third star was um, – Sorry, I threw you on the spot. Like Umar, right? Yes. Uh, no, Umar – no, our third star was was going to be the main event. It was going to be Michael Kesa, main event. There's, I mean, you, the thing with these stars is we really kind of could give all of them any of the stars. Uh, but we'll, we'll go Michael Kesa just doing an absolute routing of Neil Magny, proving my ass wrong and making me look like an idiot. Yeah, this was one I, I really kind of saw coming. I wish I had played it. I kind of yeah. pinching myself for not. That's but my fault. Chiesa was just kind of, a like I said, for Breeze, he just was a little bit of a nightmare matchup for Magny. I mean, Magny did, him, did himself no favors by allowing the clinch and allowing not to stay at range. Um, but Chiesa was able to get his hands on him, and the second he did that, it was – onto the mat every single round for five rounds straight. I think he got like 13 minutes of control time. Um, it's as good a performance as you can ask for if you're Chiesa, unless you're looking for a sub. But yeah, Chiesa looked awesome. I don't think that he's some kind of world beater at 170. I don't really even think he's a real contender, honestly. I think that guys like Wonder Boy just – run over him. I think the guys like Colby, Kamaru, Gilbert obviously run over him. Tyron Woodley probably still runs through him. Um, but yeah, great performance. Great win over Neil Magny, who's no tough or no easy night at the office. Yeah. My IQ was weird for Magny. He kept on going to clinch and Cormier called it out too, but it was just something that it wasn't working for him and he kept going to it. Yeah, and he shockingly got I mean, not shockingly, but Neil Magny's known for being a decent grappler, and he really got smoked there. I mean, even the transitions and the way – I mean, it seemed like Case was just one move ahead of him the entire time. I also didn't feel like Case looked small there at 170. I know he spent most of his career at 155, and he's like, you know, I'm getting a little older. I can do this 170. 155 covers hard, but he looked fine to me. He didn't look drastically undersized. Um, okay, our second star. This is where Dan Dan comes in. I think we're doing Umar Nurmagomedov, uh, officially the cousin, Kobe, I think you call it. Cousin brother. Cousin brother. Cousin I, I think brother. we're leaning more towards brother at this point. Brother? Um, okay. Um, it, it was in between round one and round two where Habib was in his ear saying father's plan that, that yeah. really got to me. I mean, I was choked up at, like, what, what was it, 840 in the morning. Um, but father's plan was all about wrestling. And that was super unique because in Nurmagomedov, I mean, for Nurmagomedov's wrestling is their second language. And today, Umar went out and put on a kickboxing display for the first five minutes, 
which was super unique. It was more like a Zabit influenced kind of dag fighter performance until Khabib got in his ear and said, Hey, father's plan. We're, we're wrestling. And, and it took back, him back, back, back. Yeah, back, 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 back. I think Dan, I think you brought it up that that, that click over there was saying that Umar is the best one out of all of them. Someone said that. Yeah, Cormier. I think it, I think it was Javier Javier Menze, Mendez or Cormier. Cormier. Um, we're talking about either uh, it was it's Umar and Usman who are apparently are both better prospects than Khabib ever was. Well, so what's funny about that is Khabib in the post fight. I don't know if you watched. Listen, uh, he was saying that the fight went very similar to his debut, except nine Umar years ago out. to the day. Yeah, and but Umar got him. I didn't know that actually, but Umar got him out in the second. And Habib got him out in the third. <laughs> Crazy. We'll see. Dude, I would even if Khabib is truly done, I know they were talking behind closed doors and stuff. I, I want the lineage to li- I mean, dude, if they both go undefeated, like now we're just starting. I mean, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but crazy, dude. I mean, he looked great. He I mean, there's great. Usman, Umar, Abubakar. Um, Sa- oh, I mean, Khabib, Sa- yeah, is, Saeed. Is, is, he, he's re- is he related, confirmed? All, yeah, all five are related. Um, obviously that Usman and Umar are more closely related, but But if you even have a drop, will be in this sport for the foreseeable future, no doubt, even if he does not compete, even if he never, even if he gives up the belt tomorrow after whatever, um, he'll be in corners. He'll be translating like today. He'll be coaching. Barely translating. He'll be running Abdul Manop's gym. His legacy will go far beyond his career. Oh, for sure, and it's just—it's just so crazy to me because to think—I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but like, dude, if you even have a literally one drop of Habib blood in there, you're just a mauler. I mean, it's crazy. That lineage is amazing. So again, we saw he can strike too. So let's let's let it play out here. True. That's the beat influence. Sends the beat on the entire Muay Thai. The other thing that I do want to mention quickly here is me and Dan were getting to a little pre-fight, pre-tape scuffle. We decided to wait until we get to the main event. But I'm just going to drop this quick. Habib dropped Connor with a right. I just want to throw that in there. Because Dan was throwing the boxing prowess at me. Just, just, uh, no, it's fair to drop it. We'll get to it. It's, it's I, a naked right. Fair to drop in there. It, it, it's not like he threw some combo. It, was, it caught it caught Connor off guard then, while he was defending a takedown. His arms were down defending a takedown. It's a little bit different than if you're trying to box with Dustin Poirier, but we'll get there later. We'll get there later. And the one star probably isn't a surprise to anybody. It's Wiley Alves, the guy who busted all of our parlays, busted our ankle lock of the week, busted our two-unit plays, pretty much ruined everything. And the worst part, he dominated Lazaz. I mean, that, those quick kicks to the ribs, three in a row, some of the most vicious body kicks I've ever seen. I know they instantly were like, that's broken ribs right there. Yeah, that one hurt me. That one turned my day from green to red right quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, Munier Lazaz was not quite the prospect that I thought. Honestly, I, I was surprised that those three leg kicks ended him it looked like he blocked at least one maybe two of them he blocked blocked the last two it looked like off the elbow it looked like and and it looked like the third dropped him which was super weird i think we watched a man quit there today i don't want to say it but i'm saying it. (laughs) yeah i mean it rubbed me the wrong way i don't want to i don't want to send out any kind of accusations but that that really rubbed me the wrong way it gave me a bad taste in my mouth for sure about this card. Even though it was a successful card, we, we got most of our predictions right. We were on point with a lot of our analysis. Just a bad taste for Munye. Yeah, and and I don't want to give up on Liz as, as a whole. I think this is a fine learning experience. And you got to remember, Warley Alves beat the likes of Colby Covington. I know he subbed him in it was a long time ago, but he he had a, a freak flash knockout a couple fights ago. Like one of the dirtiest knees. He also got knocked out. But he had one of the dirtiest knees or something I've ever seen. I remember putting him – I remember, like, jumping out of my seat. It was so fucking crazy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, regardless, he's, he's a fighter. He's a name in the sport. He's definitely fallen off a little bit. But, I mean, is, is this time where – I mean, he called out Nate Diaz. If he gets that fight, you're not looking at a legend in the making. Um, oh, by the way, I do believe it was 
I leave. KO round two. I don't know. Whatever. All right. Anyways, moving on. So that's our stars. Anyone want to add anything else to the number one star that busted everything and lost all of our money and turned our Wednesdays to shit? Can I? It confirms my fate of Abdul Razak Hassan because we got on his case for fight IQ against Munir Lazez. Yep. And now all of a sudden Munir Lazez doesn't show up against Morley Alves. No, Abdul's looking tough. Ever since those rape allegations, something's something's hanging. He had like he was out of the UFC for a little bit with some rape allegations, fixed it. Now he's like 0 and 3. So uh ball don't lie. Um <laughs> I'm gonna get like murdered. All right, let's move along. Uh before I keep running my mouth. So ankle lock. Lost last week. Lazaz, decent transition. He, he, he was our uh, Morley was our one star. Lazaz cost us our ankle lock. We're fate. We're not down to nine. We're at nine and three now, Kobe. Nine and three. Still green as can be, though. I mean, a lot of luscious green, a lot of room to grow to. This week's ankle lock. Do we have one, Danny? Yes, we do have one. Danny, take it away. This week's ankle lock. Um, we're going to get into the breakdown a little, little bit later, but it's a much better number for y'all at home. Uh, I'm looking at it now on best fight odds, averaging at minus 125 for the guy out of city kickboxing, Dan Hooker. Yep. The hangman, Dan, the hangman hooker. And we won't break it down too much. I should have waited to the main card challenge. I think that's how we were doing the format, but just pause the podcast right now. Go lock that bet in now while it's 125 or 130. Come back, resume. We'll still be, we'll still be there. And while Uh, you're there, bet Connor, because, by the time they like the next 20 minutes go, he'll be up another 10 unit or another 10 like cents in the line. All right. We're trying to keep it short and concise today since this is podcast number three and a lot of content or else I would fight there. I mean, those were fighting words there, but I'm going to brush that off and continue to move forward. So we're going to go to prelims now prelim breakdown for this upcoming week coming up on Saturday. This is the first normal time card of the week. I think what? First normal normal time card of the year. This is oh yeah of the year, but this is end of the week. Um, still on Fight Island though, right? Yep. Yeah. But shout yeah. out to shout out to anyone who's listening in Europe. I all respect to you for doing this year round. I I woke up at eight a.m. today to watch fights. Y'all do this every fucking week. Y'all are the real MVPs. I agree, and and the and the following in the UK is huge too. So it's it's either really early in, in the morning or really late at night. France is big. The UK, the whole, it's all big. So we'll, so just for an early reminder, the early prelims start at five 30. Those are on fight pass. And then the prelims are going to start at seven. So you better get strapped early. Central time. Yeah. Central time. Thanks. 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 Country club. Good stuff. So, Oh boy. Oh, you know what? Let's do it. Wise on the spot. Parker, get in here. Kobe. There is a million pronunciations of the week you can throw his way. And I'm hoping that you get one out of the way now before I embarrass myself by going through these prelims. Park, who's fighting Khalil Roundtree? <sighs> this one's – I'm. thank you, Kobe, for giving me one that's not fucking ridiculous. Yeah, we'll start off here. Yeah, Martin uh, Prarenchino? No. <laughs> Maraschino Prarenchino. Who wants to fill them in on what it, how it's actually pronounced? Procneo. Procneo. Okay. Mat, match six, the last prelim event before the main card. Thank you. That's what I was going to ask him. Do oh, give, me, give me both names. Do both names in the last prelim fight. On the, uh, yeah. Naz, Nazarat. Nazarat what? <laughs> Hawk Parasite. Parasite? I'm not so far off. Hakparast. Nazrat Hakparast. All right. And then who's he fighting? Dan. Our man, Dan our, is it pronounced Arman or Armin? Arman. Arman. Thank Arman. you. Surakin. Arman Sarukyan. Oh, that's pretty good. That's better than I would have gotten. Well, I mean, um, he asked me. I'm not an idiot fully. Okay, well, John Anik taught me it today. It's Armand Sarukyan. Um, one more, one more for me. Uh, on the early prelims, the curtain jerker, the first fight. Who's fighting Amir Albazi? This might be the second time he's been the pronunciation of the week. It's his third, I think. <laughs> Zaligas. 
Zuma Zumigulov. I think That's it's pretty Zuma good. Zumigulov. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. He has been the pronunciation of the week. Oh, he definitely has. All right, let's dive in. Anyway, I would yeah. like to get recent on this a little bit because no, he's nope, just as bad nope. as me. You're the fucking. You're supposed to be Who's a fighting Matt Travola. I'm worse than you. I know Who's you. Fighting are. Matt Travola. Which one? Who is fighting Matt Travola? Like me or Reese? Reese, why don't you do it? Oh, whoever. I won't do it. I know I've seen him fight like a lot, but like I have a tenuous grasp on the English. Ottoman Alizatar. Ottoman Izaitar. Ah, that's close. Yeah, that's close. Parker's close. He added an out. No one says it. You've been good today. No one corrects you. I've been on the spot here. Parker's been getting better. Pronunciation of the week. Not to mention that Parker's above both country club casual Kobe and analyst Reese in the new MCC. Is that true? True. Yes, it is true. Well above both of us, actually. Whatever. We're starting early. I'm hot. Whatever. You know, I don't even care. I don't even care. All right. So we're getting. Let's just start breaking down these prelims here, boys, or at least discussing them. Dan, as usual. Let's start off, yeah, with Amir Albazi versus Zumagulov. Not even going to bother with the Zalgas Zumagulov. And the line on that, John, is Zumagulov minus 115, Albazi minus 105. But it opened at Zumagulov, at least on five times the most recent line, at minus 165. So big steam down towards Albazi. So, yeah, they both have had one fight in the UFC. Elbazi's is a win, a round one submission victory over Malcolm Gordon. And uh, Zaglis lost his uh, Hauli and Paiva unanimous decision. I think we were all on Paiva for a bit of money there. But that was a really close decision. And Malcolm Gordon is a guy I honestly don't think is a UFC caliber talent. So I don't yeah. hold a lot of value in that Amir Elbazi win. You beat me to it. I was about to say – who who wins between Paiva and Gordon? Gordon dies. It's it seems to be the trend. Round one death. Yeah, it seems to be the trend for Gordon's life. So I, I, I'm glad you said it before I did. So I will say that Albazi definitely has the better grappling, but I think that that Zalgas just kind of grinds it out here. I think that he's he's the he's gonna want it more, and he's more well rounded. He's gonna get it done. I don't I don't see any kind of prop, but. Do favor Zalgas here. I think the line is right. That's it's interesting you say that because I, I'm 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 I have a very similar take. I I think that a good bet here though, um, and if the line wasn't so steep, would be the over. I I, I have a good. I'm pretty confident this one's going to go to a decision. Uh, I just checked the line. So if you lean a certain way or certain, I mean the line's already pretty favorable. But if you want some juice on there. I would not hate picking the winner to do it via decision in that in that guy. Um, so moving along the card, the next one's oh god, the Carney at a catchweight bout, Nick Lentz against Movzar Evelev. And and do we know what weight where this is at? It says catchweight. I'm assuming it's in between lightweight welterweight would be my guess. One fifty. One fifty. Okay. So a little below lightweight. I mean, Nick Lentz, we can go on for hours and hours about. So so they're both natural featherweights. Nick Lentz was scheduled against Mike Grundy last week, and that fight fell through for some reason. So he's taking this one on a short notice. That might be why it's catchweight. Has Lentz not been fighting at lightweight, though, like recently as he's gotten older? I thought he was, but I could be wrong. You could be right. I I, no, I really don't know. Featherweight seems to be no. It, it's featherweight, but so Arnold Allen's a featherweight, not a lightweight. I know Charles Oliveira's a featherweight, not a lightweight. Scott Holtzman, I think, actually is a featherweight, but he's jacked. Arnold Allen's a featherweight too. Oliveira and, obviously isn't, but yeah. But Oliveira might. I mean, that was back in 2018, so moves have been made. Okay, so we'll just say that it's a natural weight class for both of them. Um, there will there shouldn't be any massive size advantage with this catch weight. I don't think that favors anybody. Well, for me, Evlov at 26 years old, he's a prospect that I love. Y'all know that I love my undefeated Russian prospects. Um, he's a, this is a guy who actually has a win over Mike Grundy, the guy that Nick Lentz was scheduled to face last week, and I was favoring Mike Grundy. Um, honestly, until that fight was canceled, I, I had a bet that I was going to place on Mike Grundy. Evlo is an even worse matchup for him. Nick Lenz is 
decent with his wrestling. Like when he beat Scotty Hot Sauce Holzman, he kind of ragdolled him around the the mm-hmm. ring, and he's not going to ragdoll Mozart. Mozart's going to ragdoll him. The thing with me that worries me about Nick Lentz is I hate betting against the veterans like that. Like he can find a, against a prospect. You know what I mean? I think that, that although Evelev obviously has multiple ways to end this one, I, I just I hate when prospects draw those veterans because they always the veterans always seem to kind of, like cage time is so important. At this point, Evelev's three and zero in the UFC with wins over the likes of Grundy and no, he, he's, yeah, he's, so he's gonna win. He's gonna win. I'm fine with his. Yeah, but I but here's where the kicker is: the price Evelev minus four eighty five, Nick Lance plus three eighty five. I mean that you can't touch that. In my opinion, it's a fine parlay piece, but I won't be laying anything singular. Okay, so continuing along, so the end of the mainland or early prelims here is a middleweight bout: Andrew Sanchez versus. Mahmoud Muradov. Muradov has had some highlight real KOs. He's a really fun guy to, to tape. If you're a guy like I that spends a lot of time doing that, I had a lot of fun this week. Um, and Andrew Sanchez, honestly, is a pretty fun guy to tape, too. His only loss since 2017 is to Marvin Vittori, and man, has that aged well. I mean... No disrespect at all there. Uh, and we uh, we made some money on him versus Wellington Terman too. Right. Recently. Like a first-round KO is – is that worked out well for us. I do lean Muradov here, even though he's had the big layoff. The one kind of intangible that I noted is um, – <clears throat> so he linked up at the end of 2017, early 2018, with the money team, personally with Floyd Mayweather, who's been managing him and training boxing with him. And since then, he's 9-0. and And I don't want to fade that. Crazy. Uh, just to, like, throw this out there for everybody, um, this line opened at Muradov plus 155. He's currently sitting at the minus 135 favorite. Uh, against Andrew Sanchez plus one fifteen, so that's actually a, that's a good amount of line movement on that one, like a lot. And so, I mean, I'm not saying Vegas is wrong; I'm just saying that's an interesting price. I wouldn't have guessed right out the gate that Andrew Sanchez would have been the dog. His takedown defense looked good against Alessio, even though Alessio isn't like a stud wrestler. But I do fade Mahmoud here with the the money team boxing credentials. I mean, that's just as good as you can ask for. Yeah. You, 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 you're dead on with that one. So that's it for the early prelims. Um, but that's, that just shows what we're in store for. I know the overall card's not like unbelievable, but I mean, we got the best main event around. So who, who's complaining? So, so that finishes off the early fight pass prelims, moving on to the actual prelim card starts at 7 PM central time. Uh, getting for those people in the States, we're getting back on the right time. Started off as a, uh, it might be the fight I'm most excited for. And I also want to document it that I said that exact same quote against the Mike Davis, uh, Mason Jones fight this weekend. So just throwing that out there. It's a light heavyweight bout uh, between Khalil Roundtree and Marcin Practico. And the line on this, John, is Khalil Roundtree minus 325, Practico plus 265. Uh, line movements faded towards clear round trade open at 285 so 50 cents in the wrong direction if you're a round tree backer i just want to say that for our listeners i will never describe a light heavyweight fight as my favorite of the night it just won't happen light heavyweight stinks there's too many outliers um and this might be one example of that marcin no pracnio marcin pracnio is oh and three in the ufc and is never seen a second round he just gets scorched in the first every time right how are you not excited for that Khalil Roundtree is a killer he takes souls and he looks so good since training in Thailand he looks so good in training in Thailand he's gonna just it's basically sending a land to slaughter and I'm always down to watch right. no I don't I don't I don't get excited when the I don't get excited when the executioner mask come out comes out um obviously Khalil I'm obviously I'm leaning Khalil Roundtree I'm obviously leaning that it doesn't see the second round. I think that since Khalil Roundtree has 
spent some time at Tiger Muay Thai. He moved to Thailand um, before that Eric Anders fight. He's looked a lot better with his Muay Thai stance, uh, kind of lighter on the balls of his feet. Obviously, you know, Kutalaba is a different animal and was able to take him down and ground and pound him. But that's I'm not worried about Proc Neal trying to take him down. I don't even think he can. Khalil Roundtree's getting him out in the first round. Proc Neal is not a UFC-level fighter. That's why he's never seen his second round in the UFC. I mean, that's, I, I disagree with you about not – I think this is going to be a, a great fight. I think it's going to be like one of those just absolute slugfests. I think neither of these guys have any plans to just lay on the ground for this one. I think it's going to be exciting. Whether it's the most technical fight, probably not. But, yeah, uh, Danny and I discussed, discussed for the ankle lock, potentially taking this under here. And that could, if the line wasn't so steep, Dan, I couldn't agree more with you on that play. Uh, I think a knockout's brewing. So, don't whether it's the most exciting fight or not, don't blink during this guy. Um, next fight is a women's bantamweight between Juliana Pena and Sarah McMahon. Line on this guy's close to even. McMahon minus 130, Pena plus 110. And not a, not a lot of line movement, I'm pretty sure. Uh, my janked-ass MacBook isn't loading. So, go ahead, Dan. I know women's isn't your specialty, but I know you have a leaning in this guy. Yeah, this, this is one I actually have a, a really strong gut feeling about it. I wouldn't be surprised if you see it on my card come Saturday. Uh, I see both of these fighters having the same, almost exact same skill set. I see Sarah McMahon being better pretty much all around. You look at Juliana Pena being able – or Nico Montano was able to take Juliana Pena down. I definitely see the Olympian Sarah McMahon being able to get her on her butt multiple times in a round if that's even necessary. I see McMahon being able to win rounds here and win the decision easy. And if it makes you feel any better, you can get it at a very appealing line. Like a very, very appealing line at minus 130. I mean, if if Danny, if DK Cabernet has a, has a hunch on this one, which it sounds like he does, 130 is a very cheap price to pay to ride a positive capper. Um, and Reese so, Pena opened at minus 140. McMahon plus 120. Oh, really? I saw yeah. – wow. So, yeah, so Dan's in the right direction. I know Pena brings the name value. Like I've actually seen her back in the day. Like I think she headlined a pay-per-view or at least was on a pay-per-view. She's a name of the sport if you follow women's. Um, so that She's a tough, tough veteran. Yeah. Tough veteran that you, that a lot of the times can deter the opening lines for these women bouts. So that's, that's something to keep an eye out. And, the, and even just having Danny to explain that probably after this recording, I might go toss a little, little, juice out there especially because it seems to be moving in the wrong direction uh the next bout is a middleweight bout between a wily old vet brad Tavares, also a tough vet and antonio carlos jr who i don't think i've seen in a, in a while uh i'm excited to, i'm actually excited for that fight too that line is brad Tavares minus 135 antonio carlos jr plus 115 Tavares opened at 165 and is steamed all the way down to minus 135 so a lot closer to even there, which is how I personally see the fight as pretty even. I think uh, Brad Tavares has the skill set and he has the veteran knowledge, which I, I've talked about a million times in the show. I love it. As much ring time and octagon time you can get, the better, in my opinion. And I, I think that helps him. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Carlos Jr. is on a decent layoff because I remember him kind of making some noise. And then, yeah, he hasn't fought since 2019. September 14th, 2019, he lost to Uriah Hall. And then before that, he lost to Ian Heinish. So he's got good names, but he hasn't fought in a while. Um, and so I, I I definitely lean towards the guy who has been a little more active. I know he fought Marvin Vittori recently. Like, oh, I'm going to eat crow. He hasn't fought since 2019 either, and it was Edmund Shabazian. Yep. Wait, wait. Can I can – I... yeah, Say whatever you want. So I want by Reese's own words – you said that neither of them have wins in a while, right? Since like tw- 2018, April 14th, both on the uh, same that, card. That was, that was Brad Tavares, yeah. Nope, nope, it's both of them. It's both oh. on the same card. Okay. And it happens to be when Poirier beat Gaethje. That was a while ago, by yeah. your own words. A no, real I, long no, while I already ago. admitted, I already admitted, 
Since right, then, Boyer we'll, we'll also beat Holloway. We'll move past that. But we'll move past that. But I just want it to be, to be known that that was, by your definition, a real long while ago. For um, whatever. For last, whatever. All right. So going, going into this one, because I gave going my into this one, this is a real fun matchup. It's a it's a it's a striker versus a grappler, obviously. Um, you know, I love my Brazilians. They're both going coming off of two fight losing streaks. Their losses are a little bit different. You've got Tavares's two being Shabazian and Adesanya. No disrespect there. Those are two of the most exciting prospects in the division, versus Uriah Hall and Ian Hines, who aren't as exciting. This one. I'm leaning Tavares. I don't think that if it stays standing, Ahoyo has a chance. Or Antonio Carlos Jr., not Ahoyo. Um, I do kind of in the back of my mind, it's creeping there as a jujitsu guy. I'm envisioning them being on the fence and Antonio getting the hooks in, doing a little juicy backpack and getting a rear naked. But... I, I just think Tavares is too athletic and he's going to have a nice bounce back here. Hey, good, good breakdown. Uh, so it sounds like, I mean, do, are you leaning any way? Cause that line's pretty close to even that could be a spot. Not, not any way strongly. I, um, I, I agree. Antonio I, Carlos I agree. jr. Has one of the best nicknames in the sport and shoe face. Yeah. I was about to say shoe face. I knew that shoe face has incredible jujitsu and I don't want to bet against a guy named shoe face with incredible jujitsu. Also one quick on thing. A guy named shoe face with incredible one quick thing. Has everyone in this panel seen entourage? Okay. Of course. And if you're, and if you're a listener too, think about this. So remember the guy who funds Medellin? Uh, the guy who got on house arrest and I can't remember his name now, but they, he, it was when Ari went out of the temple to go meet this guy. Vaguely. Yeah. Him, him and that actor and Shoeface look very similar in the face. Very similar. Do a side-by-side comparison. We might have one out on Twitter. I'll put it together, but it is, I mean, you're looking at the spinning images. You're looking at the same guy. I thought they were fighting for a second. So if you're if you're listening, go ahead and just look that up quick. Look up the entourage guy. It's identical to Shoeface. Um, and then we have the prelim. Yeah, headliner. So pre, prelim, the prelim headliner. It's a lightweight bout. Uh, versus pronunciation of the week, Armin Sarukian against Nazrat Hackparas. So that might be a battle of names. This line surprised me a little bit. It surprised Danny less. Um, but it's uh, Tarsukian minus two seventy five. Nazareth Hack Press plus 235. Um, open closer to minus 200. So a lot of line movement going ter- towards Tersukian, who also Danny was not shocking, shocked that he was that heavy of a favorite. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big prospect guy, as any listener knows. I, I mean, he's got I, a couple I, fights in the UFC. It's, he's not oh, like, definitely. Yeah. But I, I think, I think that this is – I think that this is kind of a – this is kind of a fight that if he's going to shift from prospect to contender for the belt, he's got to, he's got to get through this with no problems. Um, Nasrod is an awesome fighter. He's super exciting. He's got a lot of power, a lot of speed. He's a great striker. It's but power. I, think, I feel like he gives up size always. Yeah, and he looks like a tiny little Kelvin Gastelum. He looks like a tiny little Kelvin Gastelum to a T. <laughs> um, but I think that Armin is a legit contender. This guy is a guy that's going to be contending for the belt soon. His wrestling's awesome. He took down Islam Makachev. He took down Islam Makachev. He, he, his kickboxing is very – I mean, I wouldn't say it's elite, but it's – good enough that it's going to set up and disguise any of his entries. He it's good enough that he's not going to be caught in an awkward position versus Nasrat. Um, if this fight is, I mean, I, I just don't, I just don't expect Armin to make any mistakes that leaves his chin out and leaves him in a position for Nasrat to actually put him out of there. I expect Nasrat to be on his back for a good six, seven minutes of this 15 minute fight. And Armin's going to come away with this victory. And if he comes away with it easily, he's going to be ranked. 
Mm. You think you already are calling for the ranking? That's actually kind of interesting. If he comes away with it easily, no problems, he's going to be ranked. All right. Well, you actually probably heard it here first because that's a that's a somewhat early take, I think, on a ranking spot. I think, like, on the worldwide rankings – here, I'm on Tapology right now. They have him at 20 worldwide, and that usually includes other promotions. So he's probably – you're right, Dan. He's probably fringe. And if he can beat Nazrat, who's 29, you're definitely looking at a fringe – his only loss since 2016 is to Islam, 18-1. and one. Who's a guy that he wasn't out-wrestled by. A guy no, that is Habib's protege in shocking. wrestling, and he was not outmatched. He took him down. They traded. It was scrambles. It was a fun wrestling match. He was he also beat Aubin, He also beat Aubin Mercier, who's a fine wrestler. Very strong for that, powerful for And that Davi match. Hamos, who is great. Davi gym. Hamos, too. Yeah, and a great striker. So... Um, but the line's the line's steep in my opinion. But you might see it in a parlay on Dan's card. It sounds like, hey, maybe even a even a lay. I laid fucking two fifty. My prospect parlay of Evloev and uh, Sarukian is probably going to happen. Love it. Well, Dan and I could actually go all day on this, so we'll take it to our own personal time, and we'll move on to the main card challenge. And this is when we get everybody involved. Throw your boys, get off mute over here, and let's start this, John. Uh, Kobe, this is the time of the night where I hand you over to the reins. Go ahead. What are, what are we sitting at rankings-wise and how are we looking? 8.37 units to DK. 8.31 units to Parker Rios. Wow. Hi, team. Wow. 4.20, hashtag 420 to Reese. And a lowly 2.87 to set the spread host. I know. I, so I know that. Parker had a decent lead. Danny, what'd you hit this week and then propelled you? Did you just clean sweep? Like, what the hell happened? No, Danny was I, always I think, winning. I think I've been wire to wire. Oh, he was winning. Wire so to wire, two events in. <laughs> is that not is that not the definition? 4.34 for DK this week, 4.48 for Parker this yeah, week. Yeah, Parker must have hit something. I hit uh, Chanel. I hit the Chanel decision plus 260. Okay. Match now. That's pretty good. I mean, that's a great that's a great pick. So that the rankings are tight, boys. Let's start it off. I'm excited. I think we go. I think me and Kobe get to take a back seat here because we're the little window dwellers who can't pick a fight. Danny, kick it off. Where are you going on the first one? It's a women's strawweight bout: Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Hebas. I love uh, that I've got you saying Rodriguez. <laughs> The uh, the line on that is minus 300 for Amanda Hibas. Marina Rod- Rodriguez plus 250. This one's tough for me because I think it's a really disrespectful line to Rodriguez, but I also think it's a super bad stylistic matchup for her. Um, I mean, Hibas has unreal jujitsu. She's a great grappler. I mean, she's subbed, I think, two of her last four finishes. Um, and it, it, if she can get her to the ground, it's over. But I think on the feet, I actually kind of lean Marina. And I think that I'm going to go with the dog here because it's woman, woman's MMA and entirely it is a coin flip. I, I, I feel like I, I used to be the train conductor of the Amanda Hebas hype train because I love her jiu-jitsu so much. And I'm going to feel foolish when she gets the early sub. But this line is ridiculous. And I'm, I'm going nowhere placing one unit on the minus 300 or whatever it is. So give me Marina Rodriguez. Give me the disrespectful line. And let, let me start off with the dog. I'm going to be on the opposite end of that one. I'm going to go Amanda Hebas decision plus 120. I like that. Wait, do, you're literally choosing. Okay, Hebas decision plus 120. It's a very, very good line. I actually am also – I'm Team Parker here. I'm going Hebos by decision, plus 120. One thing that I want to throw out for all the listeners is this bout is taking place at uh, full straw weight, and Hebos is, is, an, is a natural flyweight. So I believe she's going to be cutting extra weight for this one. Uh, I wonder if the size is going to play a factor. I know Rodriguez is a long uh, straw weight, but – 
Interesting to note. I just want to throw that out there for anyone who gives a shit. Kobe. Uh, I'm also on Hewes by decision. Wow. I, I was, I was, I was going to maybe change it to by sub, but I couldn't find the line fast enough, so let's move on. You sure? I mean, don't give me two seconds. I have it open. Yeah. Plus 335. That's a better. That's a better. I'll take the sub. 335. It's 315. You sure? I'm on five dimes. I'm on five dimes. Fine. You're going to have 335. I don't give a shit. It's not going to hit. No big deal. I thought we were using best fight odds. We are, but then they list from all the other books. All right. Moving on. Move it on. Can't, can't wait for how to read you guys to cast there. <laughs> Uh, a lightweight bout, Matt Frivola versus Ottoman Azatir. 13-0 Ottoman Azatir, who just cost me money because he fucking knocked the shit out of uh, Karma Worthy, who I was on for some stupid-ass reason that I don't uh, regret already. Danny, take it off. So, yeah, um, as, as you mentioned, Azatir has ridiculous power. He's another one of those prospects undefeated that super exciting. He's not been to round, he's not seen round two in the UFC yet. He's got a bunch of round one knockouts. I'm going to use that, that currency that we use a lot on this podcast, the experience. And that currency is going to pay a lot. I like Matt Frivola here. I wouldn't be surprised if he creeps onto my card come Sunday. I'm taking another dog. My second of the night, give me Matt for Vola, plus 135, it looks like, or whatever number y'all got. Um, Parker, you're up. I'm going to go Azatir inside the distance, plus 120. Parker, what'd you take? I went Azatir inside the distance, plus 120. Parker's got some sharp picks. That sounds nice off the tongue, but I'm going to take Matt, Matt Frivola and I'm going to do it uh, plus uh, 135. I'm taking Azatir strikes plus 135. Also, really quickly, don't love that bet. Inside the distance, I think. And no, strikes if I'm out. I'm done commenting. But I was going to say my reasoning is Dan actually took the words out of my mouth. I think that a guy who's rarely seen out of the first round uses power and is a young fighter. They're the same age at 30, but you know what I mean by young fighter. Uh, and so I think for is going to be able to, to put him in some deeper waters than he's ever seen before. And if he survives those deep waters, he's now going to, I think Dan, I move him on my whiteboard, that prospects list where it's not, you now start really taking a look at him to from see prospect what, to contender or getting closer. You're moving him along. Um, so then the next one's another women's flyweight bout. So I hope everyone's ready for that. Uh, Jessica I versus Jojo Calderwood. And the line on that's close to even two. Uh, Jessica I's plus 100. Jojo Calderwood's minus 120. Very limited line movement on that guy. This one hurts me. This one hurts my heart. Which part of it? The women's part or the fact that you're going to get it wrong part? The fact that I'm going to get it wrong part. <laughs> um, the way I see this, I mean, it's the same way that I said the last one. It's a woman's fight. It's a coin flip. Dog or pass. Give me the dog. Here we go, evil. Here oh, we go. Oh, God. That was the biggest cringe I've Crickets. ever seen. Crickets. That was actually the biggest cringe I've ever seen. I, I stopped watching uh, Embedded after that. True story. Parker, where are you at? Uh, I'm also on the dog. I'm going Jessica I, but I'm going by decision at plus 190. Dude, Par- Parker, are you buying picks? I like all these. They all I mean, sound nice. This one has this one has bad split decision written all over it. Like it I don't care who actually wins this fight. This one's gonna be given to the wrong person. I'm gonna go Jojo Calderwood. Um, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I was gonna go. Uh, by decision, but I just think I'm just going to take the 120. You never know what's going to happen with JoJo. The decision only gives me an extra like 40 cents. The one thing I think is JoJo, longtime person in sport. She also was a tough. She was on that Rose season, the tough. It's uh, got that Scotland hard love hearing her talk. But the thing that's big is she she's stopped a couple prospects in their tracks, um, and then she had one 
she was like on the fringe for a title shot. If she beats uh, what was her name who just contended against Valentina, if she beat her, it was her shot. Maya, Jennifer Maya. So she was always on the fringe, and I think that one loss she kind of got clipped with some disrespect a little bit. Uh, she lost Jennifer Maya. She beat KGB Lee. She lost to Caitlin Jukakian, but that was bad matchup for her. Um, but Audra, oh, Ariana Lipsky, that's when I uh, that's what I was when I was thinking. Uh, that I was on Lipsky there as a, as and she was a heavy favorite. Uh, and JoJo snuck in at the plus two twenty or something. And yeah, I, I think I think JoJo actually has a pretty good shot at this one. I think this line's actually decently cheap for her, in my opinion. So I'm gonna take her minus the one twenty. I'm sticking with I decision plus one ninety. I'm on Parker's side here. Sounds wow. Last season, season one, Parker's y'all, y'all are Kobe. crazy for taking a prop and not taking JoJo. Like the fact that I'm on evil pains me to the like the deep of like the deepest parts of my soul. Why? I Just fucking hate so this cringe. Word. Yeah. Why though? Why what what do you have against JoJo? She's great. No, I've got She's nothing against everywhere. JoJo. I, I don't like Jessica I. I've got nothing against JoJo. I so just come to the good come to the good side. The number says dog or pass. It's a coin flip. Give me the better odds. All right. I, I don't hate that, but I do. Um, so okay, so here we go. Ankle lock of the week. The sirens, whatever. Comer, <laughs> fight, fight, fight. That was actually unbelievable. <laughs> uh, Dan Hooker, Michael Chandler. Chandler making his UFC debut, coming from Bellator. He was either a champion or yeah, he was he was the champion there for a, a multiple defense, I'm pretty sure. But he's Two a hell of, defenses. Yeah, he's a hell of a fighter. One thing I always like to throw in the face is that two of his five losses are to Will Brooks, a guy who got cut from the UFC, um, which I think is just hilarious. <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, he lost to Brett Primus and Patricio Pitbull, but Pitbull's a title challenge over there. But don't get it twisted. Don't don't convince yourself that because he was in Bellator, because he was somewhere else, he's not a good fighter. However, he's not a hangman caliber fighter. And I think that that's a unanimous feeling on this pod. Don't want to put words in their mouth, but this is the ankle lock. We think hooker at minus one thirty is an, is a steal. I was shocked personally when I saw this line, I, I do worry about the matchup though. I think that Chandler's pressure wrestling could be a problem against other people, but I think hooker has the experience He's right on that fringe of getting his shot. He's a phenomenal, one of the, one of the better standups. And, uh, yeah, and like you said, city kickboxing, ride or die is what this podcast motto seems to be. Yeah, I think that you've said it. You've laid it out really, really well. I agree with absolutely everything you're saying. Um, Hooker's tough as nails. He's great at range. I think he's got great takedown defense. It's not like Dustin Felder and Ayakinta – didn't have a plan to take him down in all three of those fights. Right. They couldn't. That's why I stayed standing I the entire time. Um, no one has gotten rich fading city kickboxing recently. As you said, I mean, Michael Chandler's record being from Bellator leaves little to be desired. I mean, I have a lot of respect for Pitbull, but the two losses to Brooks and Brent Primus are just – now, really questionable. Losses, the Brooks losses were one a long time ago, but like he had two cracks at a guy who got cut from the UFC. So this is post Will Brooks getting cut from the UFC, and Chandler lost to him twice. And a lot has changed in those years. Don't get me wrong. It's just not like, to mention really the biggest victory of his career is Benson Henderson twice. And Bendo, the most recent Bendo, isn't the Bendo we all know. Right. About. It's right. A, it's a, it's more a washed up whole different. I would, I'll eat crow. I, I would be surprised. You know what, Dan, you willing to do a Malort shot? We both take one. If, if hooker drops this one, not even oh, against I'm, I'm burying against I'm our ankle lock. That's yeah. how we're feeling about this one. Because I would be, I would, I'm prepared to admit I'm wrong. If, if I, if hooker managed to drop this fight to the newcomer. The only funny thing about hookers grappling is he did go to, uh, Eidos with Riddell and Izzy, and Riddell and Izzy both got purple belts while he did not. Mm. That is, but there's there's so much to 
getting purple belts and upscaling belts. Like it could be so much. You know. Oh, you're right. You're right. Uh, and and that might have nothing to do with the wrestling skill. It's just. I imagine. I would imagine it's nothing whatever. to do with the wrestling skills. I would imagine. I would imagine it's something to do with. Who knows what? Uh, but that is interesting. It's something. It's a good tidbit to have. So that's our ankle lock. So I'm assuming you can pretty much figure out where we're going to go from here. But Dan, what's your? Are you going to pick a method, prop, straight? Oh up no, I'm just. I'm just taking Hooker. Yeah. Recently, my advanced analytics on bettips.mma. Check me out there on MMA Kappa underscore DK. Have me with a high return on investment, very green with my straight picks. And whenever I get cute being props or parlays, I'm down. So for you listeners, follow my straight picks and I'm money. All right, Parker. I like Hooker inside the distance at one plus 173, but I'm taking him uh, just straight up at minus 130. Okay. I, I'm tacked on for a third round. I went on my spiel already. So it sounds like we might have just a, a pod Malort shot on Hooker. I would love that. Because I'm also on Hooker without a specific method. Cool. And for you listeners, a quick tidbit. This might be the last episode where Kobe and I don't record in the same location as he is moving to my city. ATX, baby. In the next week. I think it was Kobe yeah. City first. but Parker, what are we doing? I think it's time to move. Get a, get a little Joe Rogan set up going down there and scale this fuck. Come to Florida. Kobe went to school here. It's my city, Parker. Uh, different podcast. Right, now we're actually getting bogged down Bogdanovich. And right before the best part of the night. And Dan, I'm not getting into you. I'm not getting into it with you. I'm, I'm tired, but here we go. We got the notorious Conor McGregor is back. Surprise, surprise, as Danny would say. Woo! Against in the lightweight main event pay-per-view against Dustin the Diamond Poirier. I believe... Part of this purse is going to Dustin's charity, The Good Fight. I'm pretty sure. Um, I know I know they were talking about that a bunch. Like, this was meant to be a charity fight, like a charity exhibition fight. I, don't, I know Dustin's very involved. Don't quote me on that, though. But nonetheless, the line steamed up a lot. Danny chipped in a little bit at minus 190. He got a little more at minus 210. Currently at minus 310 for Conor McGregor. And I'm sure you all have bet Connor before. And there's, it is just the beginning. It is, there's so much more room for that thing to seem up. And so for those people who are thinking Poirier like myself, and I think Kobe as well, said patient, your time will come. You will get a very good line. The line's already great. If you took it now, I don't blame you, but uh, nonetheless, Danny, you can start it off. You can yeah, talk me out of it. There's only one Conor McGregor. There's only one Conor McGregor. He's coming for you. He'll do you in two. Walking in McGregor's Wonderland. I'm on Conor here. I'm comfortable playing him up to 315, honestly. I've been buying, as Reese has been saying. I bought him a little bit at 195. I bought him a little bit at minus 205. bought him a little bit more at minus 215. And I'm comfortable up to 315. I think that he wins four out of five times against Dustin. I think that Dustin's best skill on his feet, which if, if we're talking whatever, like game plans, I think that Dustin's going to get lured into a, a firefight here, which isn't in his best interest. But if we're talking his best skill on his feet, it's his boxing. Who's the better boxer? It's Connor. It's the notorious one. We're taking Connor. Mystic Max says it's going to be done in 60 seconds. I don't know about that whole whole mess of, mess of prediction, but I do think he's going to get it done. Let's go, Connor. Let's go, Irishman. When one of us goes, we all go to war. I'm the only one with Irish in me. Actually, you guys might. You guys look decently Irish. No. Nope. I'm the only one with Irish in me, so get the fuck out of here. Go ahead, Spaniard. Um, the lightweight belt was next in store, so I'm going to go <laughs> with Conor McGregor. Uh, TKO, KO in the first round at plus 188. Okay. Mystic Mac. Do no, no other fighter has ever done before. Double champion history. As to absolutely nobody. Uh, so I'm going Poirier plus 255. Uh, I think that 255 is an 
absolute steal of a price uh, for a guy everyone's talking about boxing and, and it rightfully so Dan, it's a very fair point, but people were saying the same thing when Max Holloway who just tore up Calvin Cater moved up to lightweight didn't matter. Uh, people said the same thing, not the same thing. And it was a different Gaethje. I will give you that. It was a different Gaethje, but I think modern day Gaethje, especially after I saw my piece of Tony Ferguson, that line's a lot closer to even against Connor. And you have to. Do you think as, modern day Gaethje as knocks a out Poirier? Yeah. I think that I don't know if he knocks him out. I mean, he could. I think it's. I think it's. It's very that line with Gaethje Poirier is Gaethje's favored, but I don't think it's drastic. I don't think it's like oh, it's gonna be a flash in the pan knockout. The one thing that I do want to like drill home for anyone who's ever bet Conor McGregor and also is aware of Conor McGregor. You have to realize him and Ronda Rousey, they both had this. And, and John Jones kind of had this, but he fell out of favor. They have the superstar line movement. I mean, every dude, when Connor was boxing Floyd Mayweather, he closed at plus like 200, 300. It was like, it opened it like infinite. And it, it closed the gap because everyone rode McGregor. The fandom rode McGregor. And I agree with you, he's the better boxer, but you need to be aware that this line is not accurate. This line is overinflated and it is adjusted for the hype of every person riding McGregor. Because if you could walk up to anyone in the street and you said, name a UFC fighter, they're going to say Conor McGregor every time, without a doubt. And the fact that Vegas opened it at 180, I think that is the actual line. If this line was 180, my pick right here might be McGregor at three. Do you think 10? Dustin wins 20% of the time? That's not the math, but yes. I think it's even, I think he needs, so he's, we don't want to do this on the pod. We're running out of time, but 20% of the times one in five. Yeah. I don't think he does. You don't think he wins this fight one in five runs. That's crazy. To me. Right. I mean, I, I guess I, I think that I, I think that Connor wins four out of five. So maybe he wins one That's out of five. Crazy to me. That's crazy to me. I respect the opinion. I just think that like this happens every time. I could have told you at open. Is Dustin going to go out there and out grapple him? Like what? I could. What's his plan? What is Danny? I could have told you. I could have told you at open when Vegas opened it at one eighty that McGregor was going to get close to the high two hundreds, low three hundred. Yeah, that's why I kept buying. Right, you gotta buy early if you 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 like understand. You need to understand that where it sits right now at minus three hundred, and you're saying play it to three fifteen. You are pissing value in the toilet, which is fine if that's what you want to do. Just MMA knowledge aside, all things aside, just straight sports betting is when the public hammers something to the point where your line is no longer favorable or valuable. That I think that's where we're at right now. This is a weird thing because I think for all of the outside the octagon news that Connor gets that kind of distracts from his skill. He is still at the upper, upper echelon of this lightweight division. I think that it's a little bit underrated. And that's a crazy word to use for Connor. No, and I respectfully disagree. I, and I have to It's a crazy word to use for Connor. He was pound for pound fourth ranked fighter in the world. And he hadn't fought in two years and he lost to Habib and he gets punched in the face now. And he's $200 million richer than he was the last time he did it. Are you, I mean, Khabib is a whole stylistic matchup for anyone else, but you're going to act like Dustin Poirier walking into the octagon to strike with him is some kind of new test. Like Dustin Poirier. I don't get how now. I don't get how you think that I don't get how you think that this you you made all these excuses for how Poirier beat Max, who's a phenomenal boxer, and now he's a and now Poirier's a plus two fifty clip to, to but beat. But was that was it was that a dominant fought at featherweight? Because I remember I remember Max winning three and four. No, Max admittedly on his own right said I lost that bout. Right, he lost the fight, but I rem- I remember him coming back late in those rounds when the power fades the skill level shows a win on the decision beats timing who do you got in this one i'm on dustin value dustin value straight 350 to 235 like me 
255 is right now. We're against the clock because Kobe hasn't paid for premium yet. We are tuning out with our third episode this week. We appreciate all our listeners. We love you all. We got an edited podcast. Parker's throwing in a tune for you all. Follow us at Angle Pick Pod over on Twitter. We will have our picks posted before the fights. Fights are Saturday. Let's go. I'm excited. Get something in before it cuts off. Music. He's coming for you. He'll do you in two. Walking in McGregor's Wonderland. Whoever thought they'd be known worldwide After 60 G's, baby, and a contract to sign Leaving his old life and the social welfare behind And after two years came the featherweight champion of the world And Connor said he'd make him look like a little girl It only took ten seconds to show his talk Wasn't cheap as he connected with the left And put Aldo to sleep There's only one Connor McGregor And there's the fighter better And he's gonna knock out Floyd Mayweather So Floyd, watch out, cause the Irish are coming Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.